are you listening to Discovery Debrief? And uh, so did I. It's Jason Isaacs, who was, at some point, some version of Captain Lorca. Right now, I'm just a fan. Welcome back to Discovery Debrief, a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Prodigy, Lower Decks, and more. I'm co-host Cicero Holmes, and I come to you with the beta shift of the bridge crew. Uh, Returning after a long hiatus is our ship's engineer, Sharif Jackson. Welcome back. Oh, I I think I got to eject the warp core, man. It's getting too real down here. Too real. Too real. (laughs) Well, uh, listen, you know, you can can do that after we're done with the show. It can wait. Uh, But also... I, I I hope you got some extra dilithium then, because uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's plenty of dilithium mm-hmm. to go around. We're, we're actually going to talk about that. Federation's got a stockpile of it all of a sudden, That's right? <laughs> and uh, and and making his debrief debut is tactical officer Tyler Monaghan. Thanks for having me. Great yeah. to be here. All right, right on. Uh, do you think do you think uh, tactical officer is a, is a good role for you? Are you the Tasha Yar of, I, or the or the Wharf? As long as I have a, a good Captain Picard to overrule my, uh, you know, constant suggestions <laughs> to fire phasers. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's an appropriate position. For me. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, you know, obviously, guys, it's it's been a long time since we've all been together, and and I really I can't apologize enough for it. Uh, you know, life is busy. It's. Uh, you know, the years get by as things get more and, and, and more pressing. Um, but we'll, we'll get into what we've done and what, what we've, how we've engaged with the franchise, uh, Sharif and I. Um, but first, Ty, welcome aboard. And can you discuss your relationship with Star Trek? Like, when did you start watching? What's your favorite series? What's your favorite movie? How have you engaged with with the franchise? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going into, what, year uh, five of the pandemic here? I think. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, Year five, we've all been like this forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. I, I think I'm. I think I'm 35 years old, and uh, <laughs> I, I think the first uh, 30 years of my life, Star Trek was the next generation, and uh, the beginning and end. Uh, I remember my dad watching probably like syndicated reruns of the Next Generation on TV um, when I was when I was young, and I would get really hooked by the beginning of the episode where you know some space station was in trouble or some aliens showed up, uh, and then like after giving it ten or fifteen minutes and nobody was shooting each other yet and people were just <laughs> talking about things, I would usually go back to my room and do whatever I don't know seven seven year olds did. Um, and for a long time, I was sort of stubborn about, uh, you know, and, and so I, I just, but, but next generation always had a special place in my heart. I was always one of those Picard as my captain. 
um, type of people until eventually I realized that uh, what I was doing was a, a weird form of, of gatekeeping to myself. Uh, and, and so I've started to open up myself to the, the greater world of Star Trek over the last five or so years um, nice. made my way through um, Voyager. Um, but there's still, still plenty of uh, TV left for me to watch. I have not watched the original series. I have not watched Deep Space Nine. Oh, That's wow. next on my list. Uh, and I have not watched Enterprise. Um, but I am all in on uh, TNG, Voyager, and, and all things present day uh, Star Trek. So I really uh, feel uh, fortunate to be coming uh, a, a really big fan of the series at a time when there's just a wealth of uh, things out there uh, to watch and enjoy. Right. It just, it just keeps coming. Um, so, uh, man, that's great. So you've, you've not watched DS9. Uh, you've not watched Enterprise. I think uh, uh, Voyager. So what, what are, what's your thoughts on Voyager? We know that Sharif, that's his favorite series. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, what's your feelings on Voyager? Yeah, I heard you talking in the the last episode about how it's it's sort of seems like it's had a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Lately. And I, you know, uh, and I guess I'm a part of that. Um yeah, we just I just enjoyed watching the whole series through uh with with my wife Julia. Um yeah, I think it's a really is a really great contrast from TNG especially because of the sort of demeanor and the styles of the captains. Sure. Um and the crew and things like that. Obviously the crew being different and everything, but familiar enough like it didn't it didn't really break from the formula of this is a Starfleet ship. Yeah, you know, you had the maquis and things like that, but that, right. that ultimately that like, gets settled pretty early on and yeah. and you're just talking about a Starfleet ship, you know, encountering strange new worlds and civilizations and figuring right. out how to deal with them and the resources that they have at their disposal are different, but um so for me it was really easy to uh, enjoy and get into the swing of um i mean you know transwarp is just i love it how can you not love the <laughs> episode? And there's just there's just some really really wonderful characters and some great uh classic classic episodes you know that i'll just never forget so i was i was really pleasantly surprised by voyager i'm not sure why it took me so long to sort of open myself up to that but i was really um yeah i felt like it was it was pretty strong like almost from from the get-go i mean it has its right. mediocre episodes but right you're making 24 a season it's bound to happen yeah, you're, bound to, yeah, you're, you're bound to have uh more than just uh some some salamanders and tng is the same way salamanders yeah absolutely absolutely well, tng was absolutely that way yeah I saw one tng today that i forgot about um and it was a season finale and i was like oh man this one is really not that good yeah, you you pop on BBC America and you're like, oh, next generation. You after five minutes, you're like, oh, nah. Huh? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, Captain Chris Cloud is uh, is is sweating profusely. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, homers so, all the time, man. Right, right. Yeah, no, they can't all be winners. But uh, but you, you, what's what's great for me is that you you've you've yet to watch Enterprise, which I think. Um, is an acquired taste, but is a lot is a lot spicier than people gave it credit for. Uh, and you you haven't watched mine and and many people's personal fav- favorite series, Deep Space Nine. So it'll be uh, it'll be really interesting. Hopefully, we can get you back at some point when you've started and and made your way through DS Nine a little to see what your uh, yeah DS Nine will be happening soon. Yeah. All right. With your experiences with that, um, 
That was, yeah, that was great. I actually started DS9 in earnest right before, or right, yeah, right before the pandemic started and uh, completed it just, just as it began. Uh, and it was, it was something. So yeah, that was, I guess, what, five or six years ago. Um, so um, it, it feels like it was only 18 months. Uh, but but uh, Sharif, it's it's been a while since you've been here uh, here with us. Uh, locked in a brig, man. Yeah, yeah. Locked well, you know, I mean, too. look, you you were you were pulling double and triple shifts down in you know down in engineering, um, and uh, and so you know, can you explain to us what, how you've been engaging with the franchise? What what have you been up to? Any any momentous occasions anything to celebrate since we've yeah. last spoken to you yeah yeah when was the last time i've been on the show yeah. uh god I, I think it was pre-covid right i don't think i was yeah, on it, it might have been yes yeah so it was yeah. a little while wow yeah so i think i believe i was married yes little, I, I don't remember if it was after the wedding or not when i was on the show but yeah yeah i, I got married in tw- 2019, which man, we really dodged a bullet because we were going to get married in 2020, but we pushed oh, it out. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, so that was really our last big gathering before COVID. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we had our our first kid uh, almost two and a half months ago. Wow. So, uh, well, almost three months ago now. Almost, almost three, three months ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, late October. Yeah. Um, and uh, he definitely has some. Trek related uh, onesies already. I made sure of that, um, along with some other uh, s- some other franchises that I'm fan of, um, and uh, yeah. So my main engagement with Trek, aside from you know keep keep, keep keeping up with Discovery and like Prodigy, is um, I discovered um, Pluto TV, which I was not familiar with. Yeah. Our, are you guys like familiar with Pluto TV? I am, but it's it like you can't get it commercial free. Yeah, uh, yeah, there there are commercials. There are commercials. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm just like, eh. Well, yeah, it's just like completely free streaming, and they yes. have channels dedicated to different topics, and they have one that's just a Star Trek channel that just runs season one through four of TNG on a loop. Wow, basically like twenty four hours. So my wife and I have just gotten a thing is if we're doing something with a baby, we just put Pluto on and we just watch whatever episodes are on. That's awesome. Um, So like that covers like best of both worlds and it covers uh, uh, yesterday's enterprise measure of a man, like all these like classic like TNG episodes. Um, You know? So um, yeah, that's really what, where it's, it's weird because I was like, I'm going to finish Deep Space Nine during the pandemic because I still haven't finished it. But man, I just keep going to, I'm keep going back to, to uh, TNG, uh, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's what, uh, that's been my uh, main in, in engagement is watching old TNGs and then listening to Greg Tito's re-engage TNG. Oh podcast. yeah. Shout out, shout out to Greg Tito. Records. Yeah, yeah. So. Re- re-engage if you guys are TNG fans, which I'm sure there is a, a the vent the Venn diagram of Discovery Debris fans and TNG fans is probably pretty large, mostly a circle. Uh, please, please check out uh, re-engage the re-engage podcast where they rewatch. They are all Gen Xers that rewatch 
the episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation in order and and give historical context to the episodes uh, as they're as they're watching them and rewatching them. And uh, unlike our show, um, they are all adults, so they use adult language and uh, which, you know, we do on occasion, but 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 uh, not necessarily all the time. So. Um, but yeah, so that is just a an acknowledgement that sometimes they're a little blue. If that is uh, an objection to you, then you know steer clear. But if it's not, please enjoy them because they are delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Ty, I forgot to ask. Well, I did ask, but I I forgot to let you answer. Uh, favorite series, favorite movie. Yeah, uh, favorite series actually becomes difficult because I mean Discovery is is very much in the mix there for me. Nice. Um, but I, I mean, I just have to say TNG, right? It's my entry point into the series. It feels like home, right? I, I was identifying with that. I also was uh, married in uh, 2019, Sharif. Uh, so virtual high five on that. Right, right. I feel the same that we really dodged a bullet there. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm not having a kid. I'm not doing that. But uh, it's <laughs> wonderful for you. But but I did I'm, identify. I manifested that for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. <laughs> but I did identify with that, right? Like that you keep coming back to it because to me it's like it's it's comfortable, right? Like yeah. the crew gets in dangerous situations and there's big, uh, extravagant, you know, galaxy spanning, and vast implications episodes but there's also just plenty of room to breathe and uh time for conversations and things like that in that show so yeah i would would definitely have to say um tng and then i you know i'm just i i just have to say i'm embarrassingly not well versed on the movies uh you know i i like i said for so long tng was my world and so i've seen i've seen those movies um, okay and I don't know. I remember enjoying them all, which is not a popular <laughs> opinion. Um, and so it's not a thing that I bring up ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sounds like they're doing what they're re-releasing or remastering the, the, uh, the original uh, film, something like that soon. So I, yeah, they did know. that already. Okay. Um, so yeah. I'll, I'll have to go watch that. Uh, yeah. the, the motion picture is, is an experience. Like it, it is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is a, it is a film, not a movie. I do uh, remember the, watching uh, at, as, as a very young boy at a sleepover at my friend uh, Bjorn's house, they watched a Star Trek movie. And I, uh, by the time we get to the part with a lot of blood floating through space, oh, it was okay. too traumatic for my, I was too young for yeah. that level of. Shout out to that, Bjorn. Yeah, that was, that must've been. Yeah, he was more mature than the I was. The Undiscovered Country. Yeah, I, I don't so know. So it's like Purple Blood. That was Klingon blood. I feel like they were Klingon. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was Klingon I, I blood. I think that Klingon. was Undiscovered. Yeah. And probably was like passing out and anxiety yeah. attacks or something. Yeah, I think that was the, the Undiscovered Country. I think that was uh, the one where they had the, where they had wound up having that fight. And then Kirk goes to the prison and he, and he hits, hits the monster in the genitals, which are in his knees. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. A sensitive <laughs> young man is too much for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, well, that's cool. I, I mean, the, the the great thing is that there is so much Trek for you to discover, yeah. but you also aren't burdened with the history of what came before. So you're able to to watch and discover, no pun intended, uh, the things that are happening now without 
all that baggage that a lot of of um more yeah. mature more seasoned fans have like, have brought to to uh, these shows like i get 50 percent of the jokes on lower decks and i can sure. tell that i'm not getting 50 percent of the jokes on lower decks and okay. so yeah i look forward to the process of both watching more trek and as that unfolds understanding more of the jokes that's interesting so yeah so, yeah, so no, you know what Let's... fast and furious too I'm yeah they do they really do so uh, yeah I, <laughs> I i actually i want to i want to dive into that so how did you how was the experience of watching lower decks f- being fully aware that there are jokes that are happening that you're just not getting. I'm not sure, but to me, it does feel like they lean more heavily on TNG and Voyager than the other series. And that might just be because I'm missing things from the other series. Um, but for example, Tom Paris, I mean, shows up, right? Right. right. Um, so it, it cannot, canonically takes place in that same time. Exactly. exactly. So it is, it, so it's the 24th century, like that, you know, all of that stuff is happening. You know, the Enterprise D, Voyager, those things exist at that moment. Um, yeah, I'll put it this way. I don't I, like I'm aware that there must be references that I'm missing, but I don't feel like the show is missing me as an audience member right. because of that. I still feel very like um, invited to that audience by the show because okay. I, like like being really familiar with tng and voyager feels like enough um right. to be yeah. welcomed into that and to not feel like things are just constantly flying over my head um so i've i've really enjoyed that that show yeah great all right yeah well that that's something that we've we've kind of been pondering here on on this show um my my stepson roger has famously watched he watched season one of lower decks um, or caught episodes of, of of Lower Decks and really enjoyed it. And as a result of watching Lower Decks, got him into the Orville, or we, maybe we watched the Orville, and then we watched, yeah, we watched Lower Decks, and then we watched the Orville, um, and he loved the Orville, but he also enjoyed Lower Decks, but had no experience with Star Trek before Lower Decks, but still enjoyed it. So, But, you know, like, if again, you can't un, unknow what you already know, so me watching it, having the knowledge that I already have, I get the jokes. You know, like I understand what's happening, and there's, there are, you don't know how that's how that's playing for the rest of the that audience. You know, it, it reminds me of a couple other uh, animated shows. If I if I'm like allowed to name drop other, oh yeah, shows, of course, right? of but, course. The, but like the Simpsons or Family yeah. Guy, where right you might get a lot of the references or you might not, but the references are still actually being used to propel this story forward. And so that story still has to work and exist on its own. Like you sort of still have to care about Boimler and Mariner and that crew for all those references to not just feel kind of gross and like self-indulgent right which i think sometimes they even do still veer veer into that a a little bit uh, because it really is just like a fire hose sometimes right right but i I think they do a good enough job where whether you get them or not the stories work enough uh on their own uh you know f pairs it's just such a good show in its own right uh that i think it can get away with with uh you know folks like me who might not get every single reference in there sure sure yeah, well, thanks for that. Uh, I really, uh, really enjoyed that that 
bit of the conversation. Um, so for me, uh, how have I been engaging with the franchise since uh, since we've last spoke? Uh, mostly I've just been watching current Trek, which actually I'm, I'm still kind of getting used to the fact that there have been four new Trek series for fans to watch in 2021. Um, it, it, that's, that's incredible. I mean, that's, as far as I know, that's never happened before. Um, the most we, the most we had ever had really were two concurrent Star Trek series at any given moment with TNG and DS9 and then DS9 and Voyager. Um, but now with Discovery, we had Discovery, Picard, Lower Deck Season 2, and Star Trek Prodigy this season, and uh, this year. And, you know, uh, now we're, we're dealing with Discovery Season 4. Uh, there's just so much Trek on TV. It is, it is absolutely incredible. Um, so I, like, I'm, I'm enjoying that. I don't even need to go back to, to some of the other stuff. There's all this other, there's all this current stuff to kind of like parse through. Uh, this is crazy. Well, uh, before we get to, uh, our recap of discovery and prodigy, uh, let's talk a little news. Filming of Star Trek Picard Season 2 shut down on uh, Monday, January 4th due to a COVID outbreak. 50, I think 50 people uh, were infected. Uh, yeah. So uh, filming is set to resume on as, as soon as Monday, January 11th, uh, or maybe even sooner is, is what they said. But, uh, you know, who, who knows? But it's, it's already been greenlit for a third season. What are your feelings on the on the teams? What, what are your feelings on the teams filming both seasons while they're all together now, as opposed to the more traditional film process? Um, Ty, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. I'm I'm I have to say I don't know if we'll get more into this later. I was slightly nervous about Picard season two's direction just based on the trailer. Um, and and nervous sounds like a very gatekeepery possessive sort of way. I am nervous that I may not enjoy it as much as I enjoyed season one. Obviously they're free to, to go whatever direction they want with their <laughs> franchise. Um, but uh, you know, and in general, I think things benefit from filming uh, concurrently, like whether it be a season or, you know, uh, movies, uh, things like that. Um, but uh, you know, in this case, I really just, uh, I don't know. In some, in some ways I feel like some of my, uh, some of my concerns about Trek this year, especially with Discovery, have been that it feels a little um, insular and kind of carried away with itself in some ways mm -hmm. and in its own world. And I worry that filming two seasons, you know, at the same time could could only contribute uh, to that. Like, I, you know, you mentioned in your last episode, those, those older series, you had you had other writers coming in for an episode at a time and right. um, other authors and um you know, different things like that coming in to do episodes and a more diverse kind of team, uh, you know, throughout a season. And this is the exact opposite of that. So I, you know, only time will tell. I, I, I don't know, you know, much of anything about the film making or, uh, you know, the, uh, production side of things. Right. Um, but, but it will be interesting to see how it plays out. That show has already had its own very distinctive feel. I've felt 
uh, mm-hmm. in the first season that, that has felt different than any other Trek. So it'll be really interesting to see if it kind of leans more into that or if it becomes uh, even more uh, blockbustery or, or what happens there. Yeah, Sharif, do you agree with Ty or do you think uh, they should they should actually just go ahead and knock it all out? No, I mean, I, I think there's pros and cons to both of it. Um, if it was up to me, I probably would, I mean, obviously being safe, uh, knock it all out. Um, just because I think that when you have all these people together, I think that the exchange of information while you're actually doing something can sometimes be stronger than finishing something, looking at the lessons learned and then doing kind of something else. Like you kind of get that, you know, it's, it's like working and being in, in an office. So sometimes right. you just throw ideas around. Some might not stick. Some might you like uh, some somebody might come in like raving about something. You might take some small part of it and like put it into your thing, or like a, somebody might have something g- go like really wrong on the set, and then like you might ch- 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 change something. So I do kind of like that dynamic nature of like you know of having like a multiple teams kind of working at the same time. Um, so that would probably be my choice. Uh, but obviously, you know, COVID is the you know because the uh, is is the thing um man i just i have so many questions about picard season two uh and i don't want to take over discovery debrief on it but oh my god no 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 i mean this is this is this is the place to talk about them let's let's talk about it let's well well uh ty let's first let's talk about uh your and and sharif let's talk about your reception and your thoughts on on uh picard season one so Ty, I'll start with you. Yeah, Picard season one was, I mean, for me, like I said, I, I said, you know, earlier, Picard is, is like my captain, right? Like, I mean, right, it's just sure. a character that I love. Um, and so, you know, I, I just found myself multiple times during season one, just stopping and saying, this, this is an incredible performance. Like this, this man as an actor is just sort of engaging and riveting to watch. Like you could just mm-hmm. watch him read the phone book. Um, it was, uh, when I, when I watched Picard season one, I did not know, I knew who seven of nine was. I didn't know who Icheb was. So that okay, was really sure. interesting, oh, interesting. Um, yeah, because sure. there's a lot of pathos about, uh, we're in a spoiler safe zone here, right? I yes. Oh yes. Yes. Absolutely. In any of Absolutely. these shows, uh, Absolutely. you know, there's a lot of pathos around Icheb's death in, um, Picard season one. I had no idea who he was. Yeah, and so that was actually though. another right. fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a fun callback to go back and then watch Voyager and to slowly realize and put it together because I didn't necessarily remember his name from watching Picard sure. but to put together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. His yeah. eye. Right. I think this is the guy that was killed in Picard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how horrible yeah. for seven. Right. Right. Um, and you know, but, but I, I really enjoyed it. I really loved the different style and feel of it uh, from other Trek. I loved that it's you still got like a board cube and you still got this galaxy spanning sort of uh, romp in a way. But like um, it was also this very personal feeling story in some ways. Mm-hmm. And the stakes were, were big, but um, the the actions were personal a lot of times. Um and so I, I really uh, enjoyed that. I, you know, it, it's a show, maybe just one season I would have been okay with. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Sharif, what did you think? Oh, man, I, I, 
I had so many ups and downs with uh, mm-hmm. season one. Um, not one of my favorite Star Trek uh, things that I've watched. Um, I think mainly because I think the overall story was kind of too, it's almost like they were trying to outsmart the audience too much. And I feel like <laughs> if they would have went with something a little more straightforward, I think it would have hit me a little more because I feel like they just kept throwing turns on turns on turns. And by the end, it just seemed like, well, I don't, I didn't feel like we were that much closer to, uh, you know, to uh, solving the, um, I was called yeah. the, you felt like you were halfway M- through an M night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really feel like that the writers, if they would have focused in a little more, cause I'm like, you have Patrick Stewart, like make a straight, not a super straightforward story, but some twists, but just make it and just let him carry it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, you don't, you, you don't need this, like, you know, like you're trying to make this, like, you know, uh, I mean, I like that they were focused on the synth, you know, on the uh, synth versus human thing, especially given what happened to Picard at the end. I mean, but like, I feel like, I feel like that would have been enough to me is just, j- just him fighting to find out, you know, exactly what happened to the synth, but not, this like rhyming conspiracy of a conspiracy. Right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like this, like, yeah, yeah I've, I feel like I got a little lost in the actual story. Um, but I, I love Patrick Stewart's performance. I love Michelle Hurd's like performance. Like right. Rafi, I thought was right. Phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, yes. mm-hmm. I love that Bruce Maddox was in this. Right. Um, yes. Um, even though you got a short time with like a Riker and a Troy, I thought that, I, that like, that was cool. Um, seven and nine becoming this freedom fighter. I thought was great. So they had all these awesome, like parts, but I feel like the overall story of like what happened on Mars and why that happened, I feel like that was a little, like, it just didn't sit well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Our, so our, our last episode, uh, Kyle Sul- Sullivan came on and we talked about his uh, thesis that that S- Star Trek has a, you know, they've got a stakes problem right now. And, and it's that they're, for all of the shows, they're making the stakes way too high every season. And I think that's kind of what you're saying right now, Sharif, is that the stakes for... Picard season one were a little too high and that if they had centralized it a little bit more or made it or localized it a, a little bit more then then it would have resonated better with you because it was kind of too convoluted I mean, I because it was so great. I don't mind high stakes. I mean, I just feel like they kept trying to up it. Like they kept sure. trying to bring it up. Like, no, this is what really happened. No, like, <laughs> no, like the Romulus misinterpreted the message. I'm like, right. oh my God. Can Jesus I ask Christ. both of you a question? Yes, Sharif, absolutely. you alluded to this. I mean, how do you both feel about um, Data's sort of like um, resurrection to be given a proper death, it felt like? And uh, Picard's an android now. Yeah. I know. How do oh we feel God. about this? Uh, well, I, so... For me, I don't know how. So I love the fact that that data got a proper death, right? Yes. Um, because the way this, the way the franchise handled him 
before was abysmal. It was, there was no reason a character as beloved as him uh, should have been dealt with in 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 that way. Uh, so doing this was was beautiful. Uh, Picard being an android uh, removes the 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 death MacGuffin from him, right? So he can be around for as long or as little as you like him to be now as a result of making him synthetic. They, you know, they went through the whole point of saying he's dying and talking about him dying from the beginning of, of the season so that they can, so they can now have him for as long as they want without somebody coming back and saying, well, what about, you know, the fact that he was supposed to be dying based on this episode from 30 years ago. Uh, so I, I do, I do appreciate that fact. I, I like it. I like it. Um, cause, because it does give us a chance to have more, more Picard or more, more Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. I like it as long as they do something with it. Like, right. Like, I feel like it would only make sense if season two, and I'm assuming this is why they're, you know, talking about the border queen and stuff is really have him deal with like the fact that like he is a synthetic like that. Right. If, if that's not like a core core part of the story, I think I'll be disappointed. I yeah, hope it, that it can't just be what Cicero said of removing the specter of this yeah. heart condition and his looming de- or brain condition, whatever it was. Right. Right. Yeah, ex- exactly. I would rather them say, Hey, we just invented a cure or something. <laughs> they're gonna do that if, if they're just going to forget about it. So right, I'm really right. hoping that the reason that they're, you know, again, like, you know, talking about, you know, like board queen and some other folks that they're really going to talk about this. And it's really going to be like a struggle, you know, um, which I think would be really dope to see. Nice. Um, you know, uh, so I, so I really hope that they do go somewhere with that. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you on that, Sharif. I thought the scene itself <clears throat> was very touching. Um, yes, yeah, uh, sort of yes. that. You yeah. know, sometimes shows or movies are right. You have you have these sort of indelible single images, right. and um, sort of uh, you know Picard uh, and and Data and and lying down on that couch and sort of uh, accepting the finality of it all was uh, really powerful for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? It's something else that you just mentioned right now, Ty. That that I want to point out is that I think the lines between film and television are blurring in terms of from a from a production and from a from a uh, uh, fidelity standpoint, right? Like uh, you know, you look at the shows that are being produced, especially uh, the ones for for Star Trek on Paramount Plus the effects are, are just as good as, as anything that I would have seen on a big screen, um, you know, save 20 or $30 million. Right. Um, so uh, it, it really is, it is really blurring the lines when it, when it comes to that stuff. I, I, I appreciate the fact that, that that's happening. Well, uh, you know, I mean, you guys brought it up, uh, Sharif, what do you, what do you, what are your concerns? What are your, what are your thoughts about, season two is it just the fact that now that Picard is a synthetic you want to make sure that they they actually live up to the promise of yeah I mean that's such a huge change like yeah. I mean it's like 
I can't even overestimate how big of a change it is to have something like this happen. So, you know, I uh, it's just so huge. I, I hope they live up to it. Um, and I don't know. I I I, I guess are they going to? Cont- is it going to be a completely new storyline? Right? Um, right? Are they going to try to? you know, get like more into, um, I forgot how to pronounce the name of that Romulan, uh, cult, the Ava, the, the, I think. The, like the Kuat Malat? Yeah. 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 Oh, yes, the yes, yes. yes. The, the, uh, Jop, yeah, yeah. The, uh, people yeah. that behind that. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, like, uh, are they gonna like continue with that? Are they gonna, you know, is, or I forgot if they decided if synths were unbanned, but are, are they gonna, you know, are, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to like see. I just don't know where they're gonna go. And sure, um, I mean, while I love to see more Patrick Stewart, to be honest, if he just died at the end of Picard and that was it, right? I would have been like, all right, right. You know, so if you're not gonna do that, like you gotta bring it. You gotta have some clear, focused ideas with 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 the Picard Gollum. <laughs> uh, Picard Gollum is uh, the new character that I'm going to use in uh, in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is like, does this mean he's going to have like data like strength? You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, is Picard going to be bending titanium yeah. uh, <laughs> alloys? You know, and and like uh, computing, uh, you know, like. Uh, Shuffling cards like data, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. Like, 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 what are they gonna like? I just, yeah. I don't know, man. Well, it'll be uh, performing stand-up comedy. Uh, he's gonna start killing yeah. his head. Yes. Huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is he using contractions? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, but but uh, yeah, yeah. So they're they're just so much. Like I just think, I mean, I don't, I'm I'm not like worried, worried, but I'm just like more curious than anything. I'm just like, what what is gonna happen? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ty, what would you what would you like to see from Picard season two? Yeah, I, I think Sharif summed up a lot of my feelings pretty well. I mean, I'm in for the you know I'm getting in that car at the beginning of the season and I'm I'm riding in it until the end of the season uh, and yeah. I'm going to try and enjoy it along the way. Right. right. Um, I do distinctly remember there being a, a strong suggestion that they would be traveling to the present day, our present day, like um, twenty. 21 ish or something like that there was a there was a police car in the trailer and that makes me very nervous um sure sometimes i feel like they're a little like a a little heavy-handed a little nail too too hard on the head uh in some ways and that that just vision of traveling to our world today uh just made me um a little bit a little bit nervous but uh, maybe we'll have another season that ends with um, Riker showing up in the Titan to destroy all their enemies. That's a friend lately, and I, I've enjoyed it every time. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. So Star Trek has come to present day, whether that present day be 1984 or uh, you know 1984 San Francisco or uh, 1991 uh, Los Angeles. Uh, to and and have has has done so to great effect. So uh, hopefully, uh, if they do wind up in present day, that it it follows that trend and does a bucket. So that that would be that would be good. But but much like you, uh, Ty, 
you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in that car. I'm gonna buckle my seatbelt and I'm gonna sit down and you know maybe hopefully I have some popcorn and I can eat some popcorn while I allow them to take me on the ride and hopefully I enjoy the scenery uh, and uh, enjoy where we are when you know when we end the season. Yeah, open up the sunroof, pop out the top. There you go. Near, just there enjoy the go. ride. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, you know, guys, that was the news. Um, now. Let's talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 4. <sighs> Guys, this will obviously be a spoiler-filled overview of Discovery Season 4 at large. If you have yet to watch the season, we will be spoiling major plot points thus far. You have been warned. Okay. Season begins with Captain Michael Burden, Burnham and her bow, Book making first contact with a new species that we learn is the Alshane on Alshane 4. The Federation is offering this distressing species dilithium now that the effects of the burn have been nullified. When challenged about why the Federation would do this, no strings attached, Captain Burden looks, looks their leader in the eye and says, we're the Federation, and that's what we do. I was quite moved by this statement and the way it was conveyed. It presents a very hopeful message, not only for the galaxy and for you, the viewer, uh, in, the, in the face of lots of despair, and in sharp contrast to the episode's title, Kobayashi Maru, which I guess for you, Ty, uh, like you've only heard it alluded to, but do you know what the Kobayashi Maru is? I do because I, I mean, I, I've encountered it in some video game or another for sure. And I also right. think doesn't in that weird episode of TNG where Wesley becomes this part of this weird like group of like bad Starfleet kids. Yes, they're, they're yes, like, yeah. They're like yeah, ultra the hot driven, rod, and they're like the hot rod cadets. Somebody yes. gets killed in a training yes. exercise yeah. or so. Yes. I, I feel like it maybe comes up then. And also in, in the, the newer, movie too, if, uh, if, the if you've reboot, seen the, 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 the yeah, re, like the first the, movie, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams ones and stuff, yeah. Yeah, the couple of those ones. So, yeah, so, well, were you guys similarly struck by by this moment, or did it just happen to catch me in in the perfect moment? Uh, Shreve, how did it uh, sit with you? Well, I mean, speaking of J.J. Abrams, it sure reminded me of uh, the beginning of, uh, sort of, of Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Uh, even though they were stealing stuff, right. uh, but that, but that whole like dropping down on a random planet and then having to run from, uh, you know, even though these, yeah, they're cool because they were like transforming into like uh, kind of insects, kind of. Right? Yeah, well, they like, were like uh, butterflies. Yeah, so, butterflies. Yes. Yeah, so they. Yeah, um, I found it interesting um, that, but I do like. Well, first of all, I love uh, Michael Burnham in book together yes um yeah. i didn't at the beginning i really didn't mm, same, um same. but they have definitely grown on me and the fact that they're like because i think i don't think they were surprised that something like this could happen like you had the sense at that moment that they have been doing this in tons of worlds already you know right. um and the fact that they're like we're willing to put our lives on the line to restore you know the name of the federation in this far-flung future I think is awesome. So I, I, I definitely did like that because like they, they could just have been like, yo, we'll just beam some down to you, you know, and just do what you will. But like, they really, 
you know, they really are trying to li- live up to that mantra of like, we're useful, you know, and we're right. not here to harm you. And, and, and you saw it like we'll see later, you know, in the last episode when you see, you know, that same dude in the big meeting, you know, uh, right. Uh, right. with the DMA. And I was like, oh, I totally cool. missed that. Good call. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it it was a it it was cool. Um, you know, it was definitely a good start. I think it was a good start to the season. Right. And Ty, what what did you think about that moment? Yeah, or, yeah, in general. Like you, I found it. Uh, I found it moving. Um, the the whole scene as the setting of that statement did feel a little bit off to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, yeah, it did feel like they were going for this action movie-esque introduction. There's a part in season one or two, right, where they keep jumping. They keep teleporting, like short range right, teleporting right. over and over yes. and over again. And it's, yes. it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of like, okay, you're obviously just trying to sort of show off this idea, right? Like Almost right. like you would with a video game. Like you need this set piece thing that just sort of right. looks impressive and i felt you called them the all shane right you can call them that they're the butterfly people they turn into right. butterflies uh <laughs> yes. they chase michael book uh <laughs> yeah it was kind of it was kind of wacky but but like <laughs> but back to that actual statement of right of it's the federation it's what we do i do really you know that's like what i love about star trek and i think that's yes. why i'm like drawn to it more and more as i as i get older and like right and i sort of see that like yeah actually like these things, right. That like love and teamwork and, and like working together to accomplish things for the greater good. Like these are really important, meaningful things and not a lot of our popular media addresses them. So like I I'm, I'm willing to put up with some clunkiness for their wanting to like go clearly on the record and say, that's who we are as, as uh, Starfleet or the Federation. And that's what this show is about. Um, So you know, I felt like it was a little awkward, but I felt like it was worth it because to me, that's, that's what Star Trek is. That's what it's about. Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Well said. Um, and, and I, you know, I thought, uh, it was great to be able to see, yeah, that hope, um, right, right there. And, 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 uh, if, if Captain Burnham, if, if Michael Burnham is, is anything, she's the hope captain, right? She is the one when you look into her eyes, like, she sees into your soul and, and, and you, you can be energized by, by her and, 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 and you, you, you inherently believe that the things that she's saying she believes are true and, and that you want to believe them to be true as well. Uh, And, and I think that's, that's a, a great uh, asset and, and, uh, trait for a captain a captain specifically for right now for this show uh would need and and she fills that that void uh very very well i have a question about that situation and maybe it's something that i missed why is the captain of the ship the one going on an away mission like this a potentially dangerous away mission like this rather so this is so this is first contact so first contact is is generally speaking, yeah, that makes you, sense. you have the yeah, you have the the leader of the ship. Yeah, it's the same and, reason why Kirk was down in uh, into darkness, right? Right, right. at the beginning. Um, but 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 like also, I think it was just as to what I said earlier to show that gesture of like I'm beaming down our senior folks to give you this. Like we're not just sending some uh, red shirts to right come, to come down. Right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 
So actually, uh, speaking of red shirts, and, and this will get us into our, our conversation at large, I think, um, but, but uh, their uniforms, uniforms on this show have gone through, uh, there hasn't been a show in Star Trek that has had as many different uniforms as the 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 team on discovery they've it's only been four seasons and i feel like they've had like six different sets of uniforms um but they all look really cool so i enjoy them i don't know about you guys but uh we got to see some like new dress uniforms for future federation and um i yeah i i think there was a lot of talk about the original season one uniforms that were TOS that weren't TOS uh, designed, but were TOS era um, uniforms. And I, but I think, I think they really got knocked it out of the park with, with the uniforms that they have right now. Uh, I really, really, really like them. They also have new like away team, like battle armor or something like yes, that. It looks like they're yes. Imperial officers from uh, a galaxy far, far away or something. That like is that. true. That um, is true. But right. I feel like Paul, uh, they, you know, they've already made it pretty clear. They have this programmable matter and they already had replicators to, to begin with. And, and right. so there's sort of no practical reason why you couldn't change uniforms whenever you felt like it. So sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess not. You know, you just decide like, Hey, we're all uh, we were never at war with Eurasia, so and you know, change it up. So uh, we we meet the many of the rest of the crew back on Discovery, save Saru, who is now an elder on Kaminar Council, and uh, that includes the Baul, and uh, he's a surrogate family member to I am no longer the Burn Sakal. Um, but the episode is mostly about Booker's homeworld of Quijian. It is destroyed by some, at this point, unknown but powerful anomaly. What we learned is being called the Dark Matter Anomaly, or DMA, and thus sets up the motivation for the remainder of the season. So I haven't asked uh, for overall impressions for the season yet, but I'll ask them now. What have been your overall impressions of the season, Ty? Um. It's been a very interesting ride. I'm I'm a little confused by the character of the the president. Maybe that's a position that existed in some previous series, or maybe I missed some exposition about that. But sure. to me, it feels a little bit like an attempt to add like sort of a Game of Thrones political yep. type of element to the show that I don't really see the need for, especially when you already had this really interesting story about the need to sort of rebuild the Federation um, and Starfleet. Um, it does just feel like uh, I, I wish that they would give themselves a little bit more time to breathe. Uh, there are, you know, a, a part that I loved was at the beginning of, uh, I think it's the third episode, um, Tilly and Saru just sit down and have a conversation um, in the mess hall, or maybe it's in that new bar that they have. Um, and, and it's just, it's just lovely, right? It doesn't really go anywhere. It sort of alludes to Tilly's like sort of restlessness with being on the ship um a little bit but it's just this lovely like i was like oh this is what i miss right about tng it's just that feeling of like oh these two characters are going to bump into each other and and they're family right they're this they're they're there for each other and especially this crew that has lived through yeah. i i feel like they really undersell this 
experience of traveling <laughs> hundreds of years. Like everybody on this ship, all of their family are dead. Like right. like for hundreds of years, right? Every, right, right. Everybody right. that they knew. And, and like there's always this danger to joining Star But this is unique, right? Like this is beyond. And I feel like they um, – I don't know, really, like, they feel like they, they kind of had Colbert talk to a couple people about that and realized that, yeah, it was hard for them. And then they started dusting their hands <laughs> of that and sort of moved on a little bit. So I'm still, you know, I mean, there's still just part, beautiful parts of every episode. I mean, yeah. I love this crew. I love this crew. I can't get enough of the ship. Um, but, you know, a lot of times I liken, like, TV or movies to being in a ride somewhere. And I'm in this vehicle that I love with with amazing friends. Um, mm-hmm. But it feels like we're barreling down, like, suburban <laughs> streets going much too fast to a place where I don't – I'm not sure what our destination is, right? Like, we're just, sure. we're just going to, like, the corner store or something. But for some <laughs> reason, we're, like, power sliding through the intersection. Um, and so it feel, I feel, like, a little bit just sort of – like disoriented like you're throwing in a love story for saru now i mean what are we doing this season you know it's like the next episode is gonna be about how like reese has been i don't know learning kung fu or something like that right (laughs) i live my life one a quarter parsec at a time (laughs) family uh yeah sharif what is uh how what's your overall impressions of of the season of uh discovery uh, I, I like it strong. Um, uh, it, it's uh, like again, kind of alluding to what I said about like Picard. I guess I like that they quickly identified this is what we're. This is I don't. Know, I guess not a big bad. It's not a person, but this is what we're trying to solve for the season. Right. Right. Um, I didn't. A couple of nitpicks. I did not like bringing book to Quajon right before they destroyed it. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would have had the same effect and the same feeling. I feel like that was just like an extra, like, damn. Thumb, thumb in his eye. Yeah. 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 Um, and while I understand him being emotional and, you know, wanting to go in and do everything. Um, I hope it's not like that the whole season, I guess. Like, I don't know. It, it just feels like now I'm, it's starting to wear a little thin on me, especially now that, you know, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the season, but. Well, I now, mean, we kind of, we kind of like, can, right? Riff, there's this riff, yeah. right? Like between, uh, you, you know, when they each made their like opposing speaches, you know, yeah. um, yeah, um, we, as what we're going to do. So I don't know. I, I don't want that to be. I don't like that being the device that gets between them, I guess. Right. Um, I feel like Michael's done more than her share of jumping in and doing stuff. And I guess that's probably what frustrates book is, uh, is, is he's like, I've seen you like ignore regulations and do your stuff. Why, why, why won't you do it for me? Right. You know? Right. Um, but yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I, something about that and that being a wedge um, kind of bothers me a bit, but in general, I enjoy it. Um, I love uh, Tilly. Um, I love if you're going to exit a character, I thought it was like the perfect kind of exit, like a literal to me spinoff show. Right. Like I tweeted out, like, give me a spinoff of just Tilly training people. Yes. Like every episode <laughs> is her with a new crew on a new planet and, and like a new monster that they're running from. 
um you know you could just mix in all the races and uh have them be all all space racists uh right. to, <laughs> toward each other um i love it um so yeah i mean i've i've enjoyed the season um the the one guy i don't like i forgot what his name is the scientist guy oh right that's with book right yeah. now i was like hey let's create the, the- dma in the ship right um yeah that guy kind of right. i know they're trying to you know he's kind of a you know he's a bruce he's maddox a, kind of like right. uh you know just science above everything else i don't care who else endangered i just don't and i don't mean i don't like him as a character because i think he's made not to be liked i mean sure. like i don't i guess i feel like i don't you don't like um, the trope i don't think his purpose is needed sure like, i feel like the the threat is understood they're gathering all these different minds across the like Federation to solve it. Like, I feel like that's the issue. I don't feel like you need like this, like, you know, um, super science person that's like condescending to, to, to like Damitz and, uh, you know, and, and, and everybody. It's bizarre to put somebody in conflict with Michael Burnham. And the conflict is because that other person is like too, willing to take risks in the name of scientific exploration. Right. right. And yeah. That's their conflict with Michael Burnham. Michael it just Burnham. doesn't yeah. really, it feels very manufactured. It feels very like the B plot of, of some episode, you know? Yeah. 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 So like the fact that he appears is going to be like a major character throughout the rest of the season. I'm kind of like, eh, you know, um, but aside from that, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, I, I think it's a think it's a good season so far. I am uh I'm of two minds of with this season. I'm I'm actually very much Ruan Tarka is is the uh the name of the character, um, that that you were referring to, Sharif. But uh, he is uh Rizian, uh, and and is yeah is just kind of like yeah really singular minded when it comes to what he wants to do it i mean it it's it it is almost like we're watching his supervillain origin story as we're as we're going through the season um which yeah i don't know that i appreciate but but like the the thing that uh that i that i have to say about this the season is that much like uh ty I love all of these characters. I, you know, I, I adore them. I adore this crew. Um, I am so happy that we're in a uh, narratively, they're in a space where they can create canon um, and, and, and create a new federation for, uh, for things, you know, for the viewers, for the franchise in the 32nd century or whatever it is. Um, oh, one one thing that I, I want to point out to you, uh, Ty, was that you were talking about why you don't understand how there's like the the government. I think you're right. Like that the that the president just kind of seems to come out of nowhere, and it's just they're adding government, they're adding a layer of government for narrative sake. But but from a canonical standpoint, there's the Federation, United Federation of Planets, and Starfleet, right? So, you know, the, the I guess a good analog would be like the United Nations. And uh, so so the UFP is the UN, right? And they'll have a council and, and they'll have, that's all the politics stuff. And then the 
the peacekeeping force, the UN peacekeepers, is Starfleet. So, uh, the, you know, so like the, you'll need a, a a chain of command in Starfleet that operates almost, you know, dependent but almost independent of uh, the universe, you know, the, the U.S. Totally, that makes sense. But I mean, yeah. right. Like, don't you think jumping 900 years into the future is a time not to assume that everybody, even in that story knows how that works. I, I just really, it really could have benefited from like, Oh, let's have, I don't know, David Cronenberg lead Tilly around or something and kind of just give her the tour. This, this, this destroyed body that's rebuilding. Right. Um, and you can imagine there's some room for, uh, you know, those things being reinterpreted or reimagined or, or whatever as they're one thousand uh, rebuilt. So yeah. I don't, 1, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't object to the idea of there being right. a civil, a leader of the civil side uh, of the like the federation side of course right, that right. makes sense but just like a greater clarification is it just seems so obvious that she's there there to be a dramatic foil for michael and i i think that would work better if i was a little more clear on what their political relationship actually was sure sure yeah so i i think yeah i think for me when it comes to the season i love what's happening mostly but Again, I'm going to go back to the thing that Kyle said. Um, hashtag Kyle was right. I like I I I know I gave him kind of a hard time on the episode about the hypothesis that he that he proposed, but I think that he's right that that at least from my perspective that I think this this season of discovery is is suffering from too much you know, this, the stakes are too damn high. Um, you know, instead of the rent being too damn high, the stakes are too damn high. And, and Kwajan, if like, if Kwajan was destroyed, something happened and it was destroyed and we're trying to figure out exactly what was going on with that. If that were the, the thing that happened this season that we were trying to discover, I think that would have been enough. Um, the fact that we've got this, this another, yet another existential threat that that only Michael Burnham and her friends are uniquely qualified to solve seems a little a little too much, right? Like we this is the fourth season in a row where the galaxy was at stake and the only person that could help us, the only person that could save us was Michael Burnham. And in several episodes, several episodes during the course of the season, and and last season for that matter, um, I, the the episode on Trill in the cavern um, really sticks out to me, where Michael Burnham is the one, right? Where she is, they I mean, they literally come out and say, "There's something special about you," and this is how we're going to be able to solve whatever the problem is. And you know it's only because you are around. We we wind up having the the um, the negotiation with Navarre, and, and the negotiation in Navarre, and the president says that the admiral got sick, and they needed to bring in Saru and Michael Burnham, the 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 two captains from from Discovery, for some reason. Just to be there as honor guard, essentially, but 
but then the president of Navarre is now in love with, with Saru. She thinks Saru is kind of hot and she's sending over sweet nothings to him. And, and, and then Michael Burnham becomes the, like the liaison, essentially an ambassador between Navarre and the Federation because there is literally no one better to do it because she is a person, she is a human that that works for the Federation that grew up on Vulcan. And, and you know, like, only she has those characteristics. And, and, you know, the fact that the writers keep putting themselves and putting us in positions where her unique skill set is the one that they that we need to save the day gets a you know it gets a little to be a little bit much um and i was hoping that this was going to be the season where we didn't have to have the monster of the season um where we could have had maybe it was a monster of two seasons or something to that effect but but uh, the monster of the season and then you know or instead of having the monster of the season we could have had uh more of the the kind of the ongoing adventures and I know that's what you know that's kind of the territory of strange new worlds but like I would have loved this season to be the season of seeing how discovery aids the federation and creating the new federation yeah right and and working on you know figuring out how to rebuild starfleet and and you know help help to rebuild this thing that they knew was great and, and had a purpose and, and was destroyed since they were able to be the ones uniquely suited to fix the burn last season, you know, now they can go through as the heroes of the Federation and, and help that out. And I would have loved to see those stories and would have loved to be able to sit with our characters or, you know, from the bridge, you know, that not only just, the 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 bridge crew that we know and love but the the rest of the bridge crew that we every now and then we get a little bit about but a lot of times that you know what we wind up getting from them is just dramatic moments that allow us to move for move the narrative forward right like we've learned a couple of things about uh awosakan and uh, and I forgot the the, the other. Yeah, I was gonna say they could make it. They could make an animated, you know, short spinoff of Joanna and Kayla, and I would I right. would watch that all day long. I, I'm yeah. always left wanting more of those other right. characters. Right, and Absolutely. yeah, and yeah, but you know, like the problem is we can't we can't have those moments because the stakes are too damn high. Right, we've got to save. We've got to save the galaxy. Sir, you say, you keep saying save the galaxy. In season one, the multiverse was at stake, not not the universe. <laughs> the mul- an infinite number of universes. Yes, was yes. at stake. So yeah. yeah, when you talk about yeah. stakes, yeah. So maybe they've maybe they've brought the stakes in, right? Like it's well, not the multiverse anymore. Yeah, you know? if the galaxy is at stake, that's that's been, that's raining it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But do you think part of this is like the pressure of? making a show after game of thrones and after these kind of type of shows where there always seem to be something larger in the horizon that they feel like they need to, they can't have those sit down moments where you just have 
you know, just intense character moments without having to up it. Like, I feel like that's a part of it too. I feel like. So, so I, I definitely thought about that. And the thing that I, that I kept coming back to was that Game of Thrones was able to, to do this, to be successful at what it did because there was an overarching story, right? So yes, the, the, the fate of the world lied in the balance but it took place over seven years right it was seven seasons of the fate of the world being being in the balance so the the entire story was about them trying to stop the you know stop the end of the world over seven years as opposed to every year every season they're trying to stop the end of end of existence for something and because because of that they were able to on game of thrones they were able to have those very deep uh character moments where where two characters got to sit sit and have a conversation that was powerful and really gave you some insight into who those characters were and and allowed them to become fully realized people to you the viewer um where i don't think were given that space on discovery in in the same way that we were given that space in in you know on former shows and TNG and DS9 and and Voyager and all of these other shows that that are similar and and I guess I would look at DS9 as the as the model for Voyager and say that DS9 also did a great job of having really really great in-depth characters and being um, serialized in in much of the same way that Discovery is, but because it wasn't, you know, there there was a war, there were other things that were going on, but the, it wasn't the fate of the world that had to be resolved at the end of twelve episodes. They were able to sit back and have those those conversations about other things, and you know, be able to learn and live and laugh with with not just the the main characters, but some of the ancillary characters as well. Ty, what were you about to say? I was just going to say, I think it's, it's, I do think there's something to that, Sharif. Like there, you can almost feel this pressure on the show to be all of these different things. You, you hear them talk about a lot. This is the, Discovery is the flagship Star Trek show. And you right. can almost like picture the boardroom where that takes on the meaning, right? Of like, this is our show that not only needs to be the standard bearer for Star Trek, but needs to carry Paramount Plus um, in a lot of ways, yes. right? I mean, it's worth remembering yes. how this thing launched to begin with. And I, I think you can definitely see, like, right, this kind of uh, almost pressure playing out to be like, yeah, we have to be these things, right? Like, we have to be a show that incorporates these elements. Um, and I think maybe even you can look at some of the um callbacks to other star trek properties the way it started becoming a connected universe a lot Mm -hmm. more lately as part of that same you know again i don't know it's not like i'm in those boardroom discussions but i think to me that seems like a really fair way to read it it sounds like you should be though yeah Uh, you know i mean clearly I nominate for board. For the board. All right, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him a call and let him know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so uh, as two guys who really enjoyed Voyager, I, I think you get a kick out of this this little tidbit uh, that we that we learned from this season. It seems like everyone on the bridge uh, was promoted. 
Uh, and it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of the Voyage Home, uh, Star Trek: The Voyage Home, where I I think at at that point, like everyone was an admiral. Uh, so it was just like a, <laughs> just it was just a, an entire bridge of admirals, and you know, so like you know, and everybody's just going back and doing their jobs, but they're all you know, so like everybody's a lieutenant commander, even Tilly, who you know was was ensign Tilly for the longest time, and now she's you know lieutenant lieutenant Tilly, uh, and and you know everyone in the bridge is a commander. Uh, like I I I wonder, like how how does that play out? Like how does that uh, the, you know does that like does that create a, a narrative problem to you guys? Or do you think, do you guys like this approach? Do you feel like, I mean, look, they, they, they saved the damn galaxy, right? They saved the multiverse. Mm-hmm. They should get promoted. Uh, let's see who should, who should answer that first uh, brief. Yeah, I'll answer it. yeah. I don't, I don't have an issue with it, to be honest. Um, I don't watch Trek and pay attention. Like I'm, I'm not like, wait a minute, you're a Lieutenant commander. You should be, shouldn't be like, maybe it's cause I'm not a military person. I'm sure if, if you're a veteran or you got vets in your family, like you're probably like, why is that person like not reporting to that person? Or why is that person not saluting that person? But I feel like they were always a little loosey goosey with the uh, titles, even on TNG, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically as far, Seems like almost every any almost everyone's a commander or lieutenant commander on the on the on the uh, bridges. Um, so I don't I don't mind. It doesn't take away from my viewing experience. <laughs> I, I like if they promoted them all and then moved them out of Discovery. Um, sure, that would suck. I would be able to deal with it as long as they sort of brought him in for like you know you, you know like how Worf leaves and comes back or right. you know how. You know, like like if they did that kind of thing, I think it could work. But I think le- leaving them all all together, as as you said before, there's some characters we barely know, right? So right. I think, you know, I want them to uh, to like be there because I'm hoping to get one or two episodes just focused. Like, well, well, no, there there was an episode last season focused on um, what's the pilot's name? Demeter, Demeter, De- Detmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah she, she had a couple of episodes that was right. focused on her. And, uh, right. and then she died. No, 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 not, not, um, not, <laughs> she uh, didn't. Yeah, no, not Denver, not Denver. No, 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 no. Um, I think you're thinking of like the the one that was like hacked by the sphere, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. I remember they had their whole backstory. I was like, that's so cool. Dead, and then, yeah, right. And they killed, uh, <laughs> and, and you know what? They, and they did, they did something similar this season with the on in the first episode with the the guy in the in the away oh no in the second episode with the guy in the uh, on the away mission with Tilly where right. you know they gave yeah. him you know yeah. he had this big backstory he was talking about what was going on but he had already pointed a gun at Adira and Tilly right. so he you know he's he he basically signed his death warrant and sure enough in the explosion when they beamed everybody back aboard he was dead um, yeah. but, but yeah, but you, you know, you learn all this stuff about this character. Um, and that, you know, that's, that was actually, yeah. that was something that was happening to me that I was getting nervous about was the, you know, the more, every time that we got backstory from one of the members of the bridge crew, a it's little, well, a little bit of me got nervous because yeah. I was afraid that we're, you know, if we spent any more time with that character, we were going to kill that character. Don't tell me too much. Right. Right. And, you know, and like, I don't, I don't want to feel that way about characters that aren't in 
you know, just because their 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 names aren't in the opening credits doesn't mean they're not important characters to the show and they're not important characters to like to know and to celebrate on, you know, on a show that will last for a while. Uh, and and that's kind of how I felt Discovery has treated these characters. And it and it, you know, it concerns me. Uh, you can always just I bring think, back the mirror universe version though. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Why not? Why not? Let's do it. Uh, that, that, that I feel like was the most that we got out of, um, um, if I mispronounce her name, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Nigerian woman. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We'll see. Us, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's like the most I feel like we got out of her was when she was like the freaking bodyguard, um, in, in the mirror universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, now we got, you know, uh, uh, human version as opposed to the Terran version. We get the story about her friend who, who drowned and that's why she, she was defiant towards Saru. Um, but, you know, but again, that only, you know, goes back to the, the comment that I was making about, about them just being vessels for dramatic things to happen. Yeah. And that's, that was know, the first time in all of these four seasons of discovery that I have just literally said out loud, that was dumb. Right. The, that that whole thing of Osakun is gonna I don't know get all wanting to disobey right. orders because right. she wants to save somebody right. because she feels powerless right. when she can't save somebody uh, again for somebody who's who's been through what this crew has been through for that time yeah. at that moment right. it felt it just felt very artificial well and 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 the the episode before that when they go to the prison. There's the the other bridge crew member who's like, oh, I volunteer to go out and 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 you know uh, save the refugees, and like, oh, okay, uh, sure. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, I, I was, you know, my family were refugees, and so you know, ref- refugees are near and dear to my heart. And okay cool cool story you know but like like i don't even i can't even remember who what the character's name is but that's what you you know you just want me to to remember him via the trauma like oh okay this is the guy who is a refugee like that kind of sucks and i've been thinking about this a lot too and it's interesting because this formula that we're talking about introduce somebody learn a lot about their backstory you know generate a lot of empathy for them get them killed it's not something that TNG and Voyager didn't do. They did that a right. lot. But yes. I think like just really quickly, like the two things going on is one, those episodes feel longer <laughs> because they're trying to cram less into each episode. And so yes. it feels more uh, like earned, I guess, if that's the word and less cheap. And then secondly, I, I do think because we're used to watching these serialized show and discovery is so serialized. We're like, even though we were just talking about how sometimes the stakes are too big, like you're primed to not feel like the episode was worth it unless there was some real danger or real loss or real sacrifice. And so trying to accommodate those two things of like, we need to incorporate like movie levels of like character development and character twists into this one episode. But we also have to make every episode feel really like kind of big and, powerful i think leads to these i really did not like the death of that officer that you mentioned from the busted space station um right as i just felt it coming and then it happened i was like yeah. god dang it yeah right right <laughs> right 
Right. Well, yeah. yeah, well said, but I mean, you know, exactly right. I feel, I feel similarly. Um, yeah. So we, we also, during the course of the season, we meet a new species along the way, the Abronians. Um, Gray becomes corporeal. Tilly leaves for Starfleet. Yeah. Gray oh, leaves let's, for let's, Trill. Let's, 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 let's so a little bit on Gray. Uh, right. So Gray leaves for Kaminar. No, I'm just saying, yeah, there's there's so much, you know, so Gray leaves for Kaminar. He comes back. We see Zara, the ship, uh, gaining sentience. Um, we get the return of the Kawat Malat. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, so, so let's talk about Gray. Let's talk about uh, Gray becoming corporeal and, and, you know, like what we've already seen so far in the season and how it's sitting for you, Sheree. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> I, well, I don't like Gray. I, I don't like, I feel like the Adira Gray relationship, I feel like to me was strengthened when like she wasn't like a hallucination. It was like right. I have the symbiote. Like I've connected to all these people, and this is the one person that's always with me. Almost like a, uh, well, I don't want to spoil uh, Umbrella Academy, but there's kind well, of a, it's there's, almost there's, it's almost like there's quantum, a, there's a quantum similar, leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like quantum ex, leap. Ex, 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 exactly. There's a similar relationship in Umbrella Academy, but I won't say it right. further. Right. Yes. But 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 um yeah like I don't know. I feel like. I just feel like it weakens it by, you know, uh, you know, by uh, Picarding Gray, right. which, which is a new verb that I just yeah, said right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, by uh, Picarding uh, Gray. And, you know, and it's kind of like a, like, I can understand Hugh coming back and dealing with the struggle of, I'm not this person that you know, blah, right. blah. And now it's like, he's just like normal. Right. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I just don't. To me, that weakens the Gray Adira thing a bit now that mm-hmm. Gray is actual body and stuff. Uh, just for me personally, I don't. Right. I think it's not a common uh, opinion, but that's just how I feel about it. Well, let's see how common it is. Ty, how do you what do you feel about Gray? And yeah, it's interesting. So, so I, I do. Gray needs a job, right? I, I mean, I feel right. like they, they, I, I feel like maybe what part of what they're trying to do is like, from what I've seen, Star Trek does have this tradition of, of young people being on board the ship and sort of finding their place on the ship. And, and so that's all fine as far as it goes, but they keep trying, it, it sort of feels like they're really pushing Gray into situations where there's not really a reason that somebody who's actually on the crew um, could not handle that situation instead. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the relationship between Adira and gray, um, you know, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I do feel like it sort of weakens their bonds. And so I guess, I guess partly I'm just sort of confused about like, I don't know, they need to start every episode with like, as a reminder, here's what guardians are and here's who guardian Z is. And here's that whole thing that gray's going <laughs> back to trill to do because I'm, I'm I, like, I just sort of feel like he's supposed to be important, but I, I don't know if I really remember why. And I don't know if I really see why, um, you know, he's, he's likable enough, but I'm just not quite sure sort of what he's doing there. And it feels sort of shoehorned into situations. There's a, a scene where 
I think it's like Stamets and like David Cronenberg are arguing about Zora, I think, which we'll talk about in a second. And, yeah. and Gray like bursts into the room and it's like he's been eavesdropped. Like it's like he's he was outside the wall, like with his little <laughs> cup on the door. And, and he like bursts in and he's like, you can't. Is anybody going to ask her what she thinks or something? And it's just sort of <laughs> like, I don't know, man. We like between you and Culber, like you guys definitely need a counselor, but I don't know if you need like two, like kind of counselors, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I, um, I didn't really think about it much before you said it, Sharif, but I do agree with you from the perspective of like, yeah, that that was the relationship of Adira and Gray meant more when it was one corporeal being with two opposing thoughts, right? Or, or you know, or competing thoughts and, and, and being able to communicate with that other non-corporeal being um, for just for Adira made that relationship more special. And, and it, and it, I guess, made it more intimate for me, the viewer as well. Um, And, and now, you know, now that uh, gray is, is his own body and can go off and do his own thing. I'm kind of happy that he's going to, to trill, um, because I've really enjoyed Adira this season and everything that they've been able to, to, yeah, to do. Yeah, Adira's and, great. Right. And, and, and how they're like uh, becoming a more integral part of the crew. But I do feel like Gray's usefulness has kind of run its course with the exception of the fact that like, you know, we've got this, you know, in the 20th century, we had the nuclear family in the, 32nd century, we've got the Dilithium family of Cobra Stamets and and Gray and Adira. That's um, that's my caveat about like right everything that I just said is is like earlier. I think I mentioned like I'm willing to put up with some clunkiness if the payoff is like th- we're Starfleet. This is what we're about, right? Right. Like working together for the common good, and right. likewise. You know, I am willing to put up with some clunkiness just for, to me, you know, Star Trek is much more about representation, uh, letting this crew be seen as people, as professionals. You know, I am looking forward to one thing I will say, I am looking forward to Adira. I feel like I have just let go of their bike for the first time without training wheels. And now I'm, I'm, I'm worried for them and I'm nervous for them, but I'm hopeful for them to see how they do without their kind of constant companion, um, of gray, always sort of, uh, you know, riding along in their brain. Um, sure. With, with like both with teenage angst and with wisdom, right? Like, you know, because, because there was all of this knowledge, that that had been accumulated so yeah i i definitely agree with that that was well said um yeah we well um i think overall uh as we've hit the end of discovery season four uh, during its hiatus i think the episodes will return in february um and uh so we, you know we've got a, a nice little break i i i believe uh, just, just much like Ty said about uh, Picard, I'm still in the car. 
I'm still enjoying the sights. There are some things that I've, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe they made some, some different turns. Um, and, you know, I would have preferred that they didn't do things that the way that they've done them. Um, but, but, you know, I'm here and I'll, I'll be here <laughs> next season as well. I just hope that at some point we can stop trying to, to shoehorn the, the, Michael Burnham and and this crew into everything as being the only ones that could solve it. I think that one of the things that I said offline to to Ty was a, a a thing that made the other shows great and those other crews great was that they just happened to be at the right place at the right time um, for specific things and they rose to the occasion. Now. Uh, Picard uh, and the Enterprise was obviously and absolutely the flagship of of the Federation. Um, so you know they would go off and do the most important missions a lot of times. But but you know but many times even when there were conflicts, the conflicts were were you know a lot more localized. And it just so happens that these guys were competent people that, that were able to accomplish those things. And and you know there wasn't necessarily anything super unique about Picard that only Picard could have done the things that he did. Um, well, it, it's and Cicero, they weren't just the right people in the right place at the right time. They had the resources, right? They had this structure. They had built these institutions and even they even had, they had this wonderful technology and even a, an amazing piece of technology like data was a function of all the things that Michael is always uh, expounding about in in discovery about Starfleet, right? About working right. together, about uh, you know, really, uh, you know, achieving things for the common good. People kind of like right. filling their roles, right? And like that's one thing I always enjoyed about TNG is like they make it clear like this is an egalitarian society. That doesn't mean there's not a command structure, right? If you're an right. ensign, you have to follow your captain's orders, even if it's right. dangerous or, or horrifying or whatever. And the thing that I've always loved about it is it's not a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. It's, it's us, right? It's, humans in the future like these could be our great right. great great grandchildren or whatever sure. right yeah right um crewing these ships and so that's for me like what you mentioned about the fact that it's always um you know and it's, even discovery it's not quite a product of humans at their best it's almost an accident it's almost a product of humans at their worst combined with right. an accident, sure. you know right. um and luckily they were able to i get i get right now the mushroom people are fine with with when we do black alerts uh i can't remember yes. how that resolved yes. but that was bad yeah, for a while right. there right right, right. um like the little toads but, but yeah, right like it, and, it, and it's just like especially now that they've made this leap into the future it seems like discovery's crew is even more singular and even more important because of this like essence of who they are Right. And I, I hope that the rest of the season really just does explore more of this rebuilding Starfleet and what that means. I loved the episode. Uh, I think it was all is possible with Tilly and those kids on that ice, yeah, stuck on yeah, that ice planet, right? And just yeah. seeing that th them learn that, like, yeah, this stuff is real. Like, this isn't just BS principles. Like, these are principles that are going to help us not just survive but thrive. It's like, yes, that's Star Trek. You know, I love that. And I hope that's what the rest of the season really gets a chance to dig into more. Yeah. Well, with you know, speaking of kids, you know, with, with our remaining time, let's talk about the kids show, right? Star Trek Prodigy. 
uh, here's a show that uh, that was announced and and announced for Nickelodeon, and I've famously still uh, <laughs> come come on here and and like I don't know who this show is for. Um, I, I don't understand why it's on Nickelodeon, or or maybe I figured it out. And the fact is that Nickelodeon is for for adults who used to watch Nickelodeon when they were kids. <laughs> and so that's what, you know, that's why the channel still exists. And that's why Star Trek Prodigy is on there. Uh, it had five episodes um, that ended in October. And then they just came back with another episode, episode six called Kobayashi uh, just, just a few days ago, actually, as, as of mm-hmm. this recording. Um Everyone's had a chance to watch Kobayashi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, so we are we are in um, with with uh, Star Trek Prodigy. So, um, Tyler, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with you. I'm sorry, I'm not mad at you. I called you by your full first name, but um, I'll start with you. What are your impressions of of Prodigy overall? Yeah, it's like my mother. It's like, at least if you right, use my yeah, middle name, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, right. um, yeah. You know, I, I was, I was, I think like a lot of people, just sort of uh, ready to check it out, and you know, maybe ready to say write it off after a few episodes and say maybe it's not for me, but ready for the possibility that like a like a Clone Wars or Rebels or something like that, right? That it would sure. really be more than than kind of meets the eye initially uh and i was really pleasantly you know surprised but are we talking about kobayashi right now as well or, oh, or just uh, yeah we're talking about it we're going to talk about it all yeah sure yeah and I, we can yeah we can we can it's up to you about how you want to talk if you want to talk i did about not know that five kobayashi. episodes were coming out and then there was going to be a long break so that was a little bit upsetting um, yeah me neither but uh you know yes. with those five i was really like especially when they introduced the protostar i was like wow this is really cool and then when they start to introduce what the protostar can do I was like, okay, I'm I'm in for this for the rest of the season for sure. I'm enjoying these characters, you know. When you when I saw the like like you guys mentioned on the last episode, when you saw the characters at first, I'm like, okay, I don't know about this. But then you meet them, you're like, okay, yet again, right. another crew that I love, right? Tyler right, loves right. Jen Kampong, um, <laughs> and and so it was really exciting ride for the first uh, five episodes, and I I feel like the sixth was a game changer. So I I want to yeah. let Sharif talk before we maybe dig into that episode. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in general, I, I think Prodigy's good. Um, I think it is. I don't mean to sound this derogatory, but if it wasn't a Star Trek show, not much would change about it, and it would still be good. Sure. Like I don't feel sure. like it is a core. Like I don't know. I well, like when 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 I watch it, I almost aside from the fact that obviously Janeway is there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like I can remove, I don't watch it. Like I'm sitting in and watching a track show. I sit in like in every other property. I feel like including, you know, lower decks and, um, you know, all that other stuff. I feel like you you do got to go in. Like I'm watching some Trek. I feel like prodigy does a, and I feel like they had to do this to be a Nickelodeon show is they're making this show for a generation of people that, probably this is their first trek that they've ever watched you know this might have been the first sci-fi related thing that they ever watched you know um so i feel like they've it's a nice easy way to get into some things that star trek is about um i just don't feel like it's like a trek show um Hmm. 
And again, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean, right. it's a, I think it's really slowly ramping up and maybe it'll never ramp up to that level. Maybe they want to stay in that middle, like, you know, you might like this if you like Trek, you might not, or you might watch this and not like other Star Trek shows, you know? Um, so at first I kind of didn't like that about it, but now I kind of appreciate that about it. I feel like they're like, to me, it's a show with hints of Star Trek in it. That's what I'm saying. Um, yes. Though, yes. There's I would, notes of Star Trek on the tongue. I would agree. This was what I thought before I saw the last episode. The right. last episode decided to say, okay, yeah. we're going. This is a Star Trek right. show. This is a Star um, Trek show. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I mean, and oh, God, and the... Well, we'll talk about it. We'll yeah. So that, yeah. So I'll, I'll give my I'll give my impressions really quickly, and then we can talk about Kobayashi and how it fundamentally changes um, uh, Star Trek Prodigy and and really allows it to put its big boy boots on or big big person boots. Um, it's the, the things that you said about a Sharif. I agree with that, that, that people are in the boardroom thinking, Hey, we're going to make a Star Trek show for people that don't watch Star Trek. Maybe this will be their first Star Trek show that they ever watch. Maybe it'll be their first sci-fi show ever um, that they watch. But my, like, I am dubious about that. Like, I just have a lot of doubt. Like, who are those people? Who are the people that are tuning in that are Nickelodeon fans that are, you know, still like, who are the kids that are watching Nickelodeon? And, and, and what, here's what I will say. What I didn't, what I didn't know going in was how they were going to attract the viewer that you're talking about, Sharif. And what I do understand is that if I had, uh, a nine or ten year old uh, child, and I, you know, me, Cicero, the Star Trek fan, had a nine or ten year old child that I was trying to show them this series, you know, show them something from this franchise that I love that I think they could relate to. I would show them this. Um, I don't know what the next thing that I could show them would be that would still grab their attention in the same way. But, but I think what they've done successfully um, so far with the first five episodes was create a, a template for something that was enjoyable, but then with Kobayashi allow, allow you to say, okay, now that you know this crew, now that you know the characters that are here, by the way, here's Star Trek. And for the rest of the season, you're going to learn about Star Trek as well. And maybe that's what's happening with, with the, the, uh, the aftermath of Kobayashi. Um, but holy crap, like, uh, you know, we started, we started uh, season four of Discovery with an episode called Kobayashi Maru. And we're ending this episode with the latest episode of Star Trek. Um, in Prodigy called Kobayashi. And, um, you know, th that was focused, it was centered a lot more on 
the main character, and I can't remember his name yet. Uh, Dal. Dal, right? Yeah. Dal. Dal. Yeah. yeah. Dal. Uh, learning, learning the hopelessness, and he he actually got closer to beating the Kobayashi Maru than anyone ever has um in in all of his efforts i think he also had more tries than anybody ever has (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like i you know i love those elements i love the fact that they you know that it was almost like a callback to season two of lower decks when boimler is (laughs) doing the the mission you know that like that was that was fantastic and i love the fact that we were able to see that joke ran for different a different type of laugh in in prodigy than we were in in lower decks and i think i think they're i think they're hitting on all the right cylinders they're they're hitting all the right notes with prodigy in this like for its theoretical intended audience I don't, I, I still really don't, even as I'm trying to convince myself, I don't believe that audience exists. They're unicorns. Um, but but I, I exist and I'm enjoying it. Um, how is Kobayashi, I know, Sharif, you, you started talking about it. How did Kobayashi change everything uh, for you with, with uh, Prodigy? Well, um, I mean, from an experience, well, from an experienced Star Trek fan, and I do think that part of this episode, well, part of this show, I think, is for people that grew up on Trek to watch with their kids, you know, um, kind of like how a lot of younger movies now have these like adult jokes and stuff. They're supposed to go over the kids' heads, you know. Sure. Um, I feel like this is one where the parent is probably going to be losing their mind more than the kid is. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think as a new Trek person, you could watch this show, not know anything about any of those people that Dow chose and still have a fun time watching it, you know? Right. Cause I feel like the overall goal of the Kobamashi Maru itself is entertaining, right? Like the, like the, you know, that's why it's come up so much in Star Trek, like, you know, is, 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 is because the overall goal of like this, like, what do you do? You know, right. um, I feel like is entertaining in itself. And I just love how they just threw themselves directly into it, you know? Um, and it wasn't like a meta, it wasn't like a metaphor to the Kobayashi movie. They were like, no, we're going to have you run it a hundred right. times, <laughs> right. you know? Um, and the only thing that I wish they did was I was like, why is he going with the same crew the whole time, man? <laughs> if they would have had some quick one second uh, segments of uh, of a him with maybe one line from like you know from like a different folks like a, like a Wesley at the helm or something right. like that, like that's the only thing that would have made it even better. Yeah, um, I th- I th- yeah, I think they would have. I th- that's a lower decks thing. Like they yeah, would have done yeah. that on lower decks. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it was pretty straightforward. It it, it, it was like this is a lesson for you, um, but. You were right. That part, the reason I started off to, to the podcast by saying I'm ejecting the warp core was, uh, yeah, you know, that was to me was such a good part that yes. probably the only time I've watched Prodigy where I was kind of on the edge of my seat, yeah. uh, <laughs> where dude ejects the warp core and shoots it and takes out what 
two or three, three Klingon warbirds. Yeah, uh, you know, and then obviously there's there's one more, but is it was, I think even Janeway was like, oh, oh right, right, yeah, that was, that was impressive. That was you impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, I think yeah, by digging that deep, by using, there was something hokey to the archives that I found very like pleasurable, like almost like listening to like an analog vinyl, you know, like a vinyl right. record or something like just this really put like, I know it was kind of dissonant and it kind of like stood out from the overall clean digital sound of, of the show, but I found it very, I don't know. I, 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 I think it was the right move to make yeah. it like, to like not try to clean it up, you know, to, to make it sound like that. Um, I thought was really dope. Um, and yeah, I, I just love this episode and the way it ended. Oh my God. Um, right. you know, with, uh, with Janeway's, with her realization, like I was, I was like, that was the first time where I was like, I can't wait for the next episode. Probably. Right. <laughs> right. Like, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. all in. All yeah. in. Ty, uh, what are, what are your feelings <laughs> about, about prodigy? Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not, I'm not as preoccupied with this audience. <laughs> concern as 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 far as i'm concerned the intended audience is me um right. <laughs> sometimes i wonder what would this have been like if i had watched this before voyager but you know sometimes i wonder right. what do dogs see when they watch tv um <laughs> and as far as i really go with that is is uh just like discovery i think it's phenomenal that whoever this is for is seeing the best of humanity represented by these weird aliens, right? The protagonist that's, you know, right. doesn't map to any human race or color, but definitely reads um, as, as somebody who is of color, right? Not a non, right. like somebody who's not a white kid. Um, right. And they're all outsiders. They're all orphans, I believe. Um, and yeah. again, Orphan like slaves. I said, just yeah. like for discoveries, captain to be this black woman, right. Who is not perfect. And she makes mistakes. Um, uh, constantly <laughs> frequently <laughs> all, right um but for that to be right held out there as like no this is our flagship captain right like this is our vision of humanity for the future um i think is a, a pretty awesome thing so you know i love that uh about the show uh in general and i think like to, again to me that's just like the most important part is like seeing this crew like learn like okay yeah you can't just like fire all your weapons at the klingons and blow them up and call that a win right like that's right, not a win right. um and to see those kids learn that is uh sort of um amazing um i thought the protostar was so cool when you found out that it was this protostar powered ship uh in episode yeah. I think, uh, five the, the previous episode and then when you find yeah. out that I mean, that was the other huge revelation for me, not just this former crew, but they were, I think, Cicero, the last episode, you said, are they in the Delta Quadrant and they're going to the Gamma Quadrant? And it's the other way right. around, I think. No, no. They're, uh, so they're in the, yeah, they're in so Delta. they were in, they were in the Delta and they went to the Gamma and I thought they were in that's the Gamma I, going to the yeah, Delta. Right. Right. Sorry, that's yeah, right. Sorry, yes. that's what I meant. Yeah. But like, yes. to me, that's this whole, right, right. Like this is a ship with technology we haven't seen before and it's somehow the time needed for it to travel out there it's just like it, it just raises like so many questions right right um right. and like that to me was the most i've laughed and probably the most i've genuinely been like excited to see what's going to happen next uh yeah. in a trek episode for a while it really reminded me of the finale of season one of lower decks where that episode took me from 
a show that was fun and funny and that I was going right. to enjoy to a show that I was like, wow, this right. knocked me out of my seat. This is amazing. Yes. This is what I love about Star Trek. Right. And like that lower decks episode, it starts with like a Starfleet ship gets destroyed. It gets like, yeah, like eaten by these guys, you know? Um, and, and, uh, like, like you didn't have some huge loss in this, but you can see that like, there's this very, there's, there's these shadows of something very shady happening with Janeway. That's, that's very not, that's not Starfleet kosher, right? right. To, right, right. <laughs> to wipe this, this, uh, this holograms memory and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really thought it upped it in a way that is like super, super exciting. And I, I'm, I'm probably like for the first time more excited uh, for the next episode of Prodigy to come out, than for the next episode of Discovery to come out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm more excited agree. for for Prodigy yeah. than I am Discovery as well. I agree. Um, yeah, I I, I want to point out when we were to, you know we were talking about it. You alluded to it uh, already, Sharif, but the you know the 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 cameos in in this episode of you know so we got Spock, we got Crusher, Odo, Ahura, and Scotty. Yeah, Scotty, uh, and they and they were all voiced by those characters um the the, the one that, the, i think the one that hit me emotionally the most was odo um for for whatever reason i don't i don't know i think odo may be my favorite star trek character oh um and and I, like i like i don't know if i realized that before seeing him on that bridge at that particular moment that I feel like I've I've enjoyed his arc and I enjoy his character more than I think I enjoy any character in 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 any of of Trek and his you know the the loss of Renee is is great and was palpable at least for me seeing Odo uh, on that on that bridge I guess that's the Enterprise D bridge too that they that they yeah. use for the uh, the Kobayashi Maru. Uh, testing which was awesome um but like uh i yeah i i love seeing all of that i love the fact that they again um you know one of the things that that uh has been great about the new trek is that this trek is being created by people that loved the franchise just as much as we've we have um and you can see that coming in with all of the stuff that they're doing and uh it, and that's great and and like we've already said prodigy in six short episodes has really uh upped the ante and um has created a space where people are are super super uh excited uh and anticipating what comes next uh and I guess uh, that would bring us to the end of the episode. What comes next is the end. Uh, and uh, so, you know, this is the end of this episode of Discovery Debrief. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And if you would be so kind to like, share, and subscribe to our feeds, uh, we would be great. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and if you subscribe in a place where you can leave a review, please do so. And we'll be honored to read that at a future date. Uh, I want to thank our special guests, Sharif Jackson and Tyler Monaghan. I want to give you both the opportunity to plug anything you'd like. Um, Ty, is there anything that you, you want to plug? 
social media America's uh, teachers that's all man no I don't have all right there you go uh, yeah and you know what you guys are heroes they are they are heroes that uh, aren't sung. We you know we talk about the fr- the frontline people, healthcare workers and that kind of stuff. But teachers are frontline workers as well. So there you go. Shout out to the teachers. Yeah, and uh, Sharif. Yeah, um, especially shout out to the Chicago, uh, <laughs> like the Chicago Teachers Union, which is going yeah. through it right now. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've moved out of the area, but I'm still keeping up with uh, <laughs> with with uh, that news. So, um, yeah, uh, you just check me out at SharifJackson.com, S-H-A-R-E-E-F Jackson.com. That basically has links to all my stuff, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all that stuff. Um, I guess in terms of nerdier stuff, um, you can check out Ride Was a Waterdeep, uh, the, yeah. the, the D&D campaign um that i'm part of or season 12 in your, tw- your 12th season congratulations oh, right now yeah nice. pretty nuts. um and uh uh i dm for another system called kids on bikes a show trouble mm-hmm. in Techburg. you can check out on pixel circus um on their youtube and twitter and all that stuff and i'm currently part of a mage the ascension uh campaign uh called bonds beyond time which you could check out um, at uh, Kira858 on Twitch and YouTube and all that stuff. All right. Playing that. So, yeah. Right, and then well, other we'll various... Make sure we have links in... in uh, yeah. In yeah, but, but you just go to streetjacks.com. That has links mm. to everything. Um, oh, okay. And then other various video game-related things and thingies and thingamajigs. <laughs> and I would like to go back and use my plug to also plug sharifjackson.com. There you go. <laughs> Double do plugs for plug sharifjackson.com. Plug it up. Right. <laughs> well, thank you both again uh, for for showing up. Hopefully, we can uh, we can hear your voices on these feeds uh, in the future. Um, but uh, for for everyone else, stay tuned to this feed as we hope to bring you more episodes in twenty two than we did in twenty one. Um, it would be very difficult to uh, to 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 not do that, but. Uh, you know, let's see if we can. And, uh, you know, hopefully they won't be as long as this one, but it's been a while. Hopefully you guys were really happy to hear from us and hear our thoughts and uh, look forward to hearing from Chris and Rachel and Zachy real soon. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what we've got. Uh, so we look forward to bringing more recaps of Discovery Season 4, as well as more analysis on Star Trek Prodigy in in the future. But until then... Go boldly, my friends. 